Future Hacker. Life. Path. Future. Hello, everybody, and welcome to Future Hacker. I'm your host, Maria Taiji, and today we are talking to Vivek Singhau. Vivek is the co-founder and chief data scientist of Salesforce, an artificial intelligence startup at the forefront of developing advanced AI developer tools and cloud-based APIs for millions of developers globally. Recently, his company created Freedom GPT, an open-source AI language model similar to ChatGPT, but with a unique focus on ensuring freedom of expression without censorship, according to their claims. This model was developed in collaboration with their client, AI Capital Venture Firm. Hello, Vivek. It's amazing to have you with us today. How are you doing? I'm very well, Maria. Thanks for having me here. So, Vivek, it's great that uh, we are finally talking about that. You know, generative AI has been on the spotlight for a couple of months already. Uh, but, you know, we were just searching for the right approach. You know, we were waiting for some debates and to see its development. And as I understand from our initial conversation, you've been working on this area for a long time. And you've been building this community around AI developers until the generative AI boom, thanks to ChatGPT Chat popularity, right? So can you please uh, begin by telling us about this journey of yours, of, you know, being, having building this community for such a long time and what you have accomplished so far? Sure. So, uh, yeah, so great question. So, uh, you know, we have been at this for almost uh, four and a half, four to five years. And uh, we, uh, uh, you know, started with courses and community and and when we, uh, you know, chanced across AI and machine learning, uh, we realized this is going to be a big area. And so we saw the power of AI, uh, you know, a few years back and started doing a lot of research and, and webinars and community in this space. And uh, so uh, we realized that this is going to change the world. So we, uh, I, I guess now we are in a good place at a good time. I would say, and it is breaking out because of ChatGPT. Uh, so we have been sort of waiting for this moment for many years now, and we are very pleased to see the AI revolution taking off, and 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 in a sort of a good position to, uh, you know, uh, capture the opportunity globally. Uh, so uh, we have been patiently building a community for last uh, five years, and 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 training a lot of people in this space, and now we have the the bulwark of our community to. Uh, help us uh, with AI disruption uh, globally and help our clients uh, launch generative AI solutions easily and efficiently. Uh, and we are very excited about the space today. So I think that maybe uh, it was just the perfect move uh, when it was made available to the public, right? Because now companies are kind of forced to see that, okay, right now I have to be paying attention at that. And that's because it got available to the you know, public and, 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 and the pressure is coming from the market. How, you, how do you see this movement? Yeah, so, uh, so we have seen and we have heard from other, you know, community leaders that, uh, you know, uh, our technological uh, movement starts with some kind of UI revolution. So think of the Netscape Navigator moment in, in early 90s, and that started the internet boom and democratized the concept of internet. Then uh, one of another moment was iPhone moment. And then suddenly people realize the power of smart mobility and the app store and then thousands and billions of apps were created. Uh, so and now we have the chat GPT, a new UI 
So now we like to say chat is the new app, right? So we had the app store. Now we like to say chat is the new app. So now everybody is sort of interested in adding a chat interface to everything. Almost every application on the planet is thinking about it right now. And every company on the planet is thinking about it right now. So there is a mandate from the CEO or the executive team uh, to look at how this generative AI is going to disrupt their business. Is it a threat or an opportunity or both? Right. So every company is delving deep into it. Uh, so it's a very exciting time in AI indeed. That's definitely. So uh, you mentioned you've been building your community for five, four years. So uh, where where are you right now? Like how many people do you have involved? So we have a community of more than 15,000 AI researchers. Uh, and we have created this community uh, very patiently with lots of hard work by doing a lot of webinars, uh, a lot of evangelism, content marketing, and producing a lot of blogs and, and YouTube videos in this space. And, and and working with a lot of colleges as well, particularly, uh, you know, coming from India. Uh, so, uh, so that's how we are now ready to take on this opportunity with help of a massive community. And uh, the problem with AI is that it's changing rapidly. Every week, new kind of uh, advances are happening. New algorithms are being lost. And uh, so it's uh, difficult for a small uh, group or company or individual to keep, keep pace with the, with the pace of technological change, the algorithmic change. So we as a community are able to tackle it because we are constantly learning, constantly teaching each other and constantly, uh, you know, creating new content around the latest uh, state of the art algorithms. Yeah, the power of community and collaboration. And, and that, that, that's how the future is, is heading as well, right? So, you know, we usually emphasize here, Future Hacker, the meaning of and, and the importance of fostering diversity within teams uh, responsible for developing algorithms, AI solutions, and technological advancements to ensure inclusivity, especially when detecting and trying to avoid bias. So I'd like to discuss with you the feasibility of such an approach and whether your company actively seeks to diversify its workforce. Like, So do you believe diversity is attainable and is your company pursuing it as well? Yes, indeed. So it's a very, very important question for our global society. Uh, so uh, we are very, uh, you know, aware of this problem that, you know, science and, and technology has been, uh, unfortunately, a, a male-centric word for many, many years. And But we do see increasingly, you know, women and, and, and people of different backgrounds participating in, in engineering or science education. Uh, so I think it has become much more diverse in general in technology and in AI per se, uh, we are cognizant of this fact. Uh, so while we may not be doing very active uh, affirmative action on this regard, but by, by just by default, we do have a substantial number of diverse candidates in our community from, from various countries around the world and, and, and uh, you know, irrespective of gender, community and other, you know, differentiation factors. So, but yes, we always propagate this idea of a responsible AI, right? So we cannot be training AI as data scientists, which will bias towards one community or the other, or gender bias or religious bias or other kind of biases. Because uh, the one weakness of AI is it is only as intelligent as the data it is trained on. So we uh, consciously take care of trying to balance our data sets and, and making sure that it is representative of of various communities and backgrounds and not focused. But that said, a lot more work remains in this area. I'm not saying it has been solved. And uh, and companies like OpenAI, which launched ChatGPT 
they also actively had you know diverse uh, people uh, in in the with the reinforcement learning with human feedback or human in the loop uh, algorithmic training where they may try to make sure that it answers variety of questions and it's not biased in any way uh, community biased and so forth it's super challenging right especially uh because when talking about diversity uh we have the very basic level which is what you mentioned that is uh gender like having more women and different cultures people from all around the world different backgrounds but also uh involving different even different areas of expertise right so maybe uh, philosophy sociology psychology Uh, to, to access and mitigate unintended consequences that might arise from, from, from the program's use. So do you see this movement? So, um, I usually, I usually, uh, I do see, you know, companies, uh, trying to get not only more women and, and cultural backgrounds, but do you already see also this movement of companies getting those different areas of expertise, like the ones that I mentioned in philosophy and sociology? Or is it still new to, to those types of, of, of communities? Yeah, I think the technological companies are aware of the, the need for diversity and having a cross-sectional thought leadership from those other areas you mentioned also. Uh, but uh, more work definitely remains to be done in this space. And uh, recently, Sam Altman was summoned by the U.S. Uh, Congress, I believe, uh, for, uh, you know, because they wanted to make sure that this AI is going to be a responsible AI and it represents various viewpoints and thoughts and it is respectful of uh, the, the history or diversity of humanity. And, uh, and also going forward, it will be uh, done in a very ethical and responsible manner. I'm not saying this has been completely solved, uh, but a lot more work remains. Uh, but as a community, we, in my startup at least, we try to, uh, you know, bring various kinds of thoughts from cross-functional domains and experts and not just be uh, talking to the tech folks, but talking to the management folks, the arts and history folks and seeing, uh, you know, how this relates to uh, humanity, other aspects in general, the human evolution uh, uh, or the psychology or the diversity or the history. Uh, we want to make sure things are uh, aligned and not just a very deep tech focus only. Yes, perfect. And you know, I like that you mentioned uh, the the legislation part as well. Um, and when you know, when we first talked, and you're just explaining me, you know, how different it is the differences between ChatGPT and uh, Freedom GPT. And you know, I remember that you told me that you can download and it's free of censorship. When you said, you know, it's free of censorship, uh, I got like your perspective uh, was very intriguing to me. Because, you know, while this idea is, is initially seems daunting, you express that uh, you believe that decisions regarding censorship should not solely rest with company owners, and which I completely agree. Instead, you emphasize the importance of education, awareness, and legislation as crucial factors, uh, which is, you know, uh, there are points that we're always talking about, how society have to be included and how people needs to be educated. However, uh, considering our current state, our current progress, it just appears that we might not be moving as fast as enough to really, 
you know, today safeguard individuals and provide lawmakers with the necessary understanding to make informed choices. So how do you perceive already having available to the public something that is, is uh, free of censorship uh, and our current educational level and our legislators, you know, educational level? How do you perceive the readiness of both public and governments to navigate this? Like from your point, what steps can be taken to strike a balance between fostering innovation and protecting individuals in this evolving AI landscape? Excellent question. So it's a very sensitive question as well. Uh, so uh, what is happening is that uh, technological advance advancement is, 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 is moving at a faster pace than what the government or the regulators or the society can can understand and absorb and understand the implication. So there is perceptible danger of AI technology, which even even the the, the main leaders like Sam Altman of OpenAI have in fact admitted that there is a there is a danger of uh, AI. And recently we saw the father of deep learning, Professor Geoffrey Hinton. He left uh, Google and he has uh, sort of given some statements uh, which are. Uh, saying that AI is a dangerous technology and he he now has second thoughts about his innovations in this space. So, you know, it's it's a wide uh, uh, debatable topic. There are dangers of uh, technology becoming much too powerful and, and then regulators or the government not having a sight of it or understanding how it may impact the society. So as far as Freedom GPT versus Chat GPT goes, uh, you know, that's again a very sensitive and debatable political topic that uh, chat gpt i uh, believe is the conservatives call it a, a liberally biased tool and it has certain guardrails which the conservatives don't care for from what i understand uh, of uh, global geopolitics uh, but uh, or global political figures uh, but uh, uh, really you know the freedom gpt which we developed for our client age of ai capital llc based in austin you know it was uh, it was asked to be an uncensored chatbot which we developed uh, as an AI vendor to our client. And uh, uh, as far as my personal opinion goes in this, uh, it is all about, uh, it's just very hard. I do agree with my client here that, uh, you know, a company cannot be policing what should or should not be, you know, stock, uh, given as an output because a company doesn't have enough bandwidth or expertise or domain expertise to be the police uh, of what is ethical and what is not, right? So it has to be a mix of some responsible AI from companies or enterprises and also some amount of or good amount of government regulation. So AI industry itself is asking the governments to regulate. So that is pretty good behavior from the uh, from the private companies uh, that uh, with people like OpenAI and many others, they are going to the government and they are recommending regulation instead of fighting regulation. So that's a good move. So that means maybe in a long time, technology industry has been at a, you know, uh, you know, in crosshairs of the government. But this time for AI companies, we do see they are trying to work with the government and work in creating regulation around it so that it can be done in a responsible way. And I do agree that one company trying to decide the the policing aspects of it is a bit of a over overhead, you know, and it's probably not the right way because company doesn't have the, the, the purview of uh, what should be the right or wrong thing to be in, included in AI. Yeah. And, you know, thinking about it, uh, it's, it's, it is indeed uh, a very 
complex um, debate because when we talk about regulation, uh, it's usually per country, right? And it gets it can get very dangerous when you have a couple of countries following regulations and others not. Uh, and, and this is something that should be common to everybody because that's where the danger stands, right? Some people following some rules uh, and others with, without any safeguards, it's still be developed and it's still going to, to have a global reach. So somehow we need to find a common ground that humanity as a whole would be following that and not something that would be per region, then it wouldn't make sense, right? Yeah, I, I agree with that. I think I would, I would, I would want, you know, uh, institutions like United Nations or World Trade Organization to take cognizance and, and, and try to create global standards around these emerging technologies. So while this is a huge opportunity for business and, 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 and societal innovation, it, it comes with its own set of dangers or, or problems as we are seeing uh, bias, you know, or racial bias or other kinds of biases or, uh, you know, employers taking unethical decisions based on AI uh, recommendation. There are so many problems which it can create. So I would recommend the, the global bodies to take cognizance and quickly come up to speed on the technology and, and institute global standards. Otherwise, each country will have their own regulation and that will create a conflict on what is allowed and what is not allowed. Exactly, exactly. So back to, to ethics in AI. Um, how do you believe developers can take the necessary steps to ensure responsible deployment of those programs? Specifically, do you think that the developer's responsibility to proactively incorporate tools that can detect when AI has been utilized, especially when concerns like authorship, plagiarism, and fake news dissemination arrive, arise? Or, alternatively, do you think it is time for us to change the way that we consider our approach to achieve, achieving the results. So what do I mean is, let's say that I'm at school and I see that uh, just like, you know, we have the calculators that, pe that people are using to do math, you think that AI is just going to be an extra tool that students are going to use. And the way that we are teaching our students should be the one to change because it's going to be used anyways. You know, so I'm interested in hearing your, your thoughts about that in both in having people using AI for their work and for the, the schools and also people using somehow appropriating content that are not theirs, but they do belong to someone and is being used through AI. Like how should we be navigating those, those, uh, you know, uh, topics? Yeah. So lots of good questions there actually. So one is that, you know, AI is trained on global data sets and these data sets may have been sourced from the internet and, and, and maybe the correct, uh, you know, uh, uh, copyright permission has not been protected. Uh, and so some companies are able to benefit from these AI models, right? And, but it was based on uh, training data, which was uh, published by some other creators uh, on the public domain. Uh, so, so again, it has to be dealt at a, at a policy or at a, you know, organizational body levels, you know, global bodies, whether it's World Trade Organization or the technological authorities in various countries. So they have to bring the creators and the tech companies together to the same table and really discuss, you know, copyright issues or plagiarism issues, because many creators and authors and writers and artists are feeling 
sort of uh, you know left out of this and their data has been used for training sophisticated ai models and with no commensurate benefit flowing to the the creator community uh, or creator companies uh, so definitely an organizational effort is needed because tech companies may not have an incentive uh, to uh, you know uh, there's the same thing with the news uh, where google news and yahoo news you know they were uh, aggregating information and the newspaper from newspapers and other news portals and so in many countries they have agreed to share revenues with the with the news sources because that's how these tech companies make money uh, so same thing applies here it will have to be dealt at an association or or a community association levels in various countries or at least globally and as to the education you know many countries or universities tried to ban chat gpt the moment it was launched because students were easily doing their homework with it and so forth uh, but the thing is technological revolution is inevitable right when internet came we had similar fears when mobile devices came we had similar fears so i guess we have to create awareness programs with universities colleges and schools that is really hard to ban these technologies uh, you know students will go home and, and and they will get exposed to it anyway and so we might as well adapt them into education and and do some kind of innovation where these tools enable better education rather than you know uh, disrupting education i would say so again it needs a very deep uh, connection between the education educators and the tech companies how these tools are used in a fruitful manner for enabling education and not for you know sh- bypassing you know good educational pedagogy Yes, yes, definitely. And you know, uh hearing you also reminds me of of the music industry. That's a good benchmarking as well, right? Remember that uh when it got digital, you know, all the 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 players in the market were fighting uh, music music's getting digital and people actually having access to it and it began as some as pirate music and then we got Spotify solving that somehow and being able to pay uh, uh people that were producing as well and all the players in, around it and you know it got a lot of fighting and legislation and and uh, for for this business model to change so now we have the solution out there uh, we have to run after all the safeguards and 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 regulatory issues to be more fair to the market and and and, and to have a more uh, fair play in there and again it's it's it has to be involving education anyways right and and having uh, uh schools not only schools getting together and uh, legit legislators understanding what has to be fixed and i do like what you said regarding having uh, maybe the un uh, more at play here to make sure that it's going to be followed globally somehow right um considering the potential impact on on so many industries so so uh, you know uh, generative ai it, it impacts every single industry somehow and the potential automation of tasks all around how do you foresee uh, the program affecting job markets creativity and you know overall human experiencing so yeah i mean you know it, it is revolutionary technology ai is a revolutionary technology and it is a pivotal moment so it's a internet moment when internet started right so it is a internet and, and in fact I, i would say uh, all of us around the world all the companies all the Uh, teams they are still experimenting with ai what are the real use cases it is very fascinating what chat gpt and some of these algorithms are able to do and 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 indeed uh, the ceos are feeling the pressure that they are not sure exactly how it will impact uh, their industry or their company so there is a mandate which is coming from top management in almost every company in the world now 
to to explore uh, you know generative ai and its implications on the business models of these companies uh, so uh, you know uh, i mean it's just a very exciting moment it has opportunities and threats and 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 companies have to get their act together to make sure they don't get disrupted they they are able to capitalize on this uh, in a positive way and not get disrupted by this technology we are already seeing some disruption across education and and few other industries where share prices have fallen and because the business is beginning to get hurt and so you know it's uh, i mean it's uh, it's just an inevitable uh, technological revolution so some companies will be hurt some will be winners uh, so it's all about who can upskill faster and start leveraging these technologies for business benefit and not be disrupted by it so when 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 talking to companies in our experience uh because you know some some companies i i would say that most companies are 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 not mature enough as much as much as you have the ceo's attention is still not mature enough to 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 incorporate it somehow so what's usually your advice to companies that are not in the maturity level and how to start you know how how how, how to begin this approach So my recommendation to companies and executive teams would be you know reach out uh, to the experts uh, in their respective companies or or you know just uh, you know global tech companies and start working with them on on uh, you know how these technologies may impact so it does need some deep uh, you know upskilling and awareness sessions and upskilling the company's employees in general and and the executive teams as well board of directors also and 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 just uh, start working with tech companies to see how these uh, generative ai may uh, you know come and disrupt them so let's not get caught unaware you know let's be ready for what's coming and and let's just start working uh, with the tech you know tech is here to stay it's not going anywhere it will get better and better and same thing with we saw with the computers with the uh, the pc and, and and the internet and the mobility so that's inevitable and so we so companies which can quickly get their head around it and start working with the tech vendors or the tech firms uh, you know will will survive and thrive on this but those who uh, don't uh, spend the time in awareness and upskilling may get disrupted so vivek uh, we have witnessed the evolution of ai tools where explicit instructions are not required anymore like uh, we have already the auto gpts that they can now generate tasks to achieve the desired solutions themselves so my question to you is looking ahead what other advancements do you anticipate not only in the short term but over the next decade in what ways do you envision ai tools evolving and transforming all those industries and what potential implications might those advancements have on our society and our day to day yeah so good question so we already see new technology you know i mean it's kind of changing every week so it's coming at a blinding pace actually and uh, so we see things like action transformer which will permit workflow automation as self prompting technology within those workflows uh, so uh, you can just give a high level requirement and and this technology will go and create a website for you and deploy it and monitor it and so forth so incredible new uh, technology is coming every week uh, and and recently adobe launched uh, you know a very interesting generative ai within the adobe photoshop uh, right so we are seeing uh, yeah so So in the Photoshop now they have generative AI and when the demo was quite amazing. Uh, 
so uh, uh, so it's moving too fast it's hard to predict but i'll take some guesses uh, so i think a lot of chat almost every application in the world is up for a sort of a chat style interface right or a copilot situation so we see almost every application will have some kind of chat a ui maybe uh, you know uh, so there's a big use case for where people want to talk to the application or, or just chat with it rather than clicking on buttons and filling fields and so forth so everything may get a, some kind of chat interface possibly we see a lot of copilot kind of solutions so windows just announced windows copilot uh, so that will be like a guided experience uh, for the application users uh, in everything uh, we have been seeing so far and then uh, we also think a lot of robotics is around the corner uh, where uh, you know a lot of hardware uh, robots uh, may be around and they will be conversing with people and so i think the human society is going to have to integrate with the digital you know digital personas whether software or hardware you know uh, situations uh, so it's it's very exciting it's very unpredictable Uh, it's hard to uh, say driverless car i just experienced the tesla self driving vehicle in the us it was a mind boggling experience for me and uh, so <laughs> you know it, it drives on its own so a lot of automation is coming industrial automation self driving vehicles robotics uh, chat and copilot interfaces uh, workflow automation so it's uh, as i said it's both a opportunity and a threat uh, so individuals companies and nations which can quickly upskill and start adopting it will be a, a, at a benefit but those who who don't upskill quickly could be disrupted or could feel a, a problem yeah what's the fact that the, there's no way back right it's evolution and we we need to pay attention we need to get informed we need to get educated and just see how we can make the best of it and make sure that whatever which ever safeguards needs to be in place that we're we're working that on that collect right absolutely i agree completely with that yes awesome vivek thank you so much for being on the show with us today i think it's a super important discussion and that's just the beginning so thank you uh i wish you the best and if if you have any other last message that you want to give to your audience i'm going to leave you know the the final comments uh for you thank you so much okay thanks maria so i would just say that you know it's very exciting times for us in the ai industry and uh, we are here to serve and not necessarily you know kill jobs or or create you know bias systems so we want to work with the communities with nations and and with organizations and and the governments and regulators to create responsible ai and and and, and we hope that it will be used in a in, in a societal benefit way and and not for hurting the society in any which ways right so that will be our goal and we do consider it as a fiduciary duty on part of the ai and data science industry to make sure that happens and we are very excited about the possibilities while we have to take care of these peripheral factors uh, as we go along the way uh, it is very exciting and thanks for having me here thanks everybody for watching stay tuned future hacker life path future